for them knowing about people that are black, people that are making strides. I, I tell them they're black history. They're, she's six years old and she wrote a book. So it, it doesn't have to be people that you see on TV. It doesn't have to be just Michelle Obama, Barack Obama. I love them, by the way. But it, it can be just as simple as people that are making strides, people that are paving the way for you. Welcome to The Shape of Things. My name is Didem. Today we're going to discuss celebrating Black History Month in the U.S. with Kalia Murray, a pre-K and an elementary school teacher and a virtual tutor from Atlanta. She's also the founder of Ms. Murray's Corner. I realized Kalia was being vocal about Black History Month and suggesting great books for kids. So I want to discuss the significance of this month for Americans with her and I want to understand what it means for people living outside of the U.S. Hi, Kalia. Thank you for making the time. Welcome to my podcast. Hi, Bidan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you and to speak on this very important topic. Of course. I'm glad we found a mutual time in our time zones. It is 11 p.m. here and 3 p.m. there. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. So I am a native of New Jersey. So I'm from New Jersey. I have a huge family, uh, four brothers, one sister, and myself. And I set out to go to college in Atlanta. So I went to Selman College, which is an all-girls, historically black college and university. And it was one of the best decisions of my life. I am an educator. I have been for six years. And I recently just started my own virtual tutoring business amidst the pandemic. I want to talk about historically Black colleges later on. I think they're worth mentioning in Black History Month. Uh, so February is Black History Month. How do you celebrate this month in the States? Gotcha. So Black History Month is celebrated in many different ways. Um, I know you asked me earlier, was it a part of a specific curriculum? But I would say no, that it's more so school-based community-based and individualized decision. Um, as I said, I am an educator, so any of the schools that I have worked at, Black History Month has not necessarily been ingrained in our curriculum, like we will teach this on this day, but it's more so brought about in the arts. Um, students are able to dress up as prominent Black figures. They're able to do performances, do reports. So it's almost a time where we just come together and it's children and students to prominent Black figures within our history. But I would not say that it is like ingrained in our curriculum, so to speak, but it's more so a cultural time that lets us come together and just expose students to Black figures that they may not be aware of or some of the ones that they have been exposed to before. So do children look forward to this month? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know the schools that I've gone to and the schools that I've worked at, it is like a highly, highly anticipated event. Um, almost like, you know, how we celebrate Halloween. It's just as important, like 
parents dress them up, they get different hairstyles. It is just a time to really celebrate um, our culture and just embracing it. That sounds amazing. Can you enlighten us about the origins of Black History Month? Yeah, absolutely. So Black History Month has been around since about 1915. And it originated with a historian named Carter G. Woodson and a minister named Jesse E. Moreland. So at the time, Carter G. Woodson was just engrossed in Black history and the culture that comes with it. And it was originally called Negro History Week. So over the years, it evolved. It was called African American History Month at one point, and now is more widespread, just called Black History Month. And I know in 1976, um, the U.S. presidents, that's when they started designating this month as this is the time that we will celebrate it each and every month. And I believe they picked February because... Um, Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln both had a birthday in February, and they are both very pivotal to Black History Month with Abraham Lincoln. Um, he's a president, and he was very Im- influential in having slavery abolished, and Frederick Douglass was an abolitionist who also helped in that movement. So they are very important to our culture and our history, so that is why we celebrated in February. Wow, thank you. I mean, that was very extensive. How do you think elementary school teachers should integrate Black History Month into their teaching? So I personally am an elementary school teacher, and it's very hard, I would say, to only focus on Black History Month in Black history. The schools that I have worked at have been predominantly um, African-American and students of color. So it is, I don't want to say easier, but... We, we want to celebrate Black History Month year-round. Um, you know, growing up as, as a child, it was American history. Um, you know, learning about Jamestown in Virginia and, like, how America was founded. But it's just so important to expose children to prominent figures in their history at an early age. Um, oftentimes, you know, with celebrating Black History Month, you may hear about the same figures. Um, not to say that they're not important, but... It just becomes repetitive, and that's all we hear of. So the Martin Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, the Civil Rights Movement, but there are so many other African-American people of the African diaspora that have done so much more than them. So that's how we try to infuse that with our learning. Um, I know I'm on Teachergram, and I'm sure that you've seen too, there have been an influx of books being created within the pandemic and, you know, years before, years to come. But books, imagery is a way to really expose children at a young age and give them books and, you know, people that look like them, representative of their stories so that they can relate to them. So I think that it's great to, you know, indulge kids from a very young age. And when you're learning about, I used to teach pre-K, so community helpers exposing them to community helpers that are actually in their community that look like them. So that, you know, Black Black history doesn't just have to be the people that are famous. It can be people that you may see any other day. Yeah, I think that is important. I'm hearing two things. One is that children should be exposed to the images that look like them. And the second thing is teachers shouldn't only focus on prominent Black figures. They should also discuss the contributions of common Black people. Okay, I won't be asking that stupid question, 
why do we celebrate Black History Month but not White History Month? But I want to discuss the pedagogy of Black history for elementary school kids, or maybe more comprehensively, kids who are not old enough to attend high school yet. Some people argue that including blackness, gayness, or any sort of gender trouble into the curriculum is somewhat polluting the children's domain with politics. What is your take on that? So that was a very loaded question. Um, it had many things to come. But as I said, like I would not say that there is a pedagogy necessarily to come with Black History Month. It's how it's just how you're exposed to it. You can learn about prominent figures, things in your history from your family. Um, there's different festivals that go on, um, different plays and performances that students can be exposed to at different times of the year, not just Black History Month, so that, you know, it opens their eyes. So when you get to Black History Month and you're learning about these figures and prominent people in school, this isn't your first time hearing about it. Um, I, in terms of, you know, what's the right age or, you know, before high school, I think that it's important to start at very young. Um, my niece actually is six years old. She just wrote a book, um, her and her younger brother, they're three. But for them, knowing about people that are Black, people that are making strides, I, I tell them they're Black history. They're, she's six years old and she wrote a book. So it, it doesn't have to be people that you see on TV. It doesn't have to be just Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. I love them, by the way. But it, it can be just as simple as people that are making strides, people that are paving the way for you. Um, where I live in, where I'm from is New Jersey. We're actually one of the first cities um, in the, the state, in the country to voluntarily desegregate their schools. So where I live, it's, you know, we might not have been on TV, but that is for people in my town to be able to go to school with other white children in the 60s. That's black history. So I think that it's, there's no necessarily like a, a pedagogy for it or how it should be taught. I just think it's the most avenues of exposure and not just teaching about slavery, teaching about the accomplishments. Yes, highlighting this maybe trials and tribulations that people had to go through to, to get to where they are. But. I liked how you emphasized learning Black history through common people. Okay, let's come to my favorite topic, the children's books. Can you recommend some children's books to our listeners, which center Black people? And can you tell us about their plot briefly? Sure. So actually, the book that I posted on Instagram that sparked your interest is called Brave Black First. And the title says, Brave Black First, 50 plus African-American women who have changed the world. So it is a picture book, but it highlights, um, like I said, 50 plus people that are just influential and have made strides from in terms of music um, to education to politics, a wide range of gymnastics. So we have Missy Copeland. She's a dancer, Ruby Bridges who was a little girl um, in the time period of when we did have segregation and she was able to help desegregate her schools as well. Um, we have Beyonce in here, Maya Angelou. So the book pretty much, I can flip through it for you so you can see it, but the book just centers around these African-American women and gives a quick synopsis of their life and what they've done to really help pave the way for others. Um, 
I have, like I said, Martin Luther King. Here's a um, step into reading book. So this is a level step three book. So it just talks about his life. Um, everything that he's done for the civil rights movement, Rosa Parks, is pictured here. One of my favorites is Little Legends by Vashti Harrison. And it is a very small picture book, but small enough that young readers, so pre-K, kindergarten, can really connect with them because the figures are almost not microscopic, but just smaller in stature to look, you know, how similar to the children look. So I really love that book. Um, I have tons of books. Um, King of Kindergarten is a really great one. King of Kindergarten by Derek Barnes and Vanessa Brantley Newton. So it's just about and highlighting the fact that little black and brown boys are kings. He's starting off his new journey in school and just embracing that new stuff that he's about to make in his life. And he has a little crown on, which is adorable. Um, one of my favorites, Skin Like Mine, which really just talks about diversity and inclusiveness. Um, so we have people that are very fair skin, brown skin, dark skin, and it has a lot of great imagery that connects to, um, you know, real life objects. So ice cream, brownies, and it just talks about similarities and differences within skin colors and how we may look different, but we also have many similar things to connect on as well. Um, I, I have a tons of lists of books, but I would say it's just exposed. As I was a child growing up, I was reading Cat in the Hat or Good Night Moon, just books that didn't didn't relate to me, did not relate to my story. So having children, not just black children, people of European descent as well, seeing different people in images, different books that can be embedded into their curriculums in read aloud, um, story time is like quite very frequent in early childhood, but giving a different genre of books and representation that everyone can relate to. I didn't want to cut you off while you were speaking. Our listeners could not see it, but the images you showed me, um, they look really pretty. Prior to our episode recording, you told me you went to a historically Black liberal arts college. First of all, what is historically Black liberal arts college? Got it. Okay. Well, historically black. So an HBCU stands for historically black college or university. And liberal arts um, is a different type of school, but my school just happens to fall into both categories. Um, so liberal arts college pretty much means that we have um, a plethora of majors that you can cho choose from. So we have the arts, we have STEM majors, we have economics. So we are very um, broad with the choices that we have available. Now, historically black college and universe, colleges and universities are university and colleges that were created during a time when people of the African diaspora, black people, African American were not able to go to. So there's HBCUs, there's PWI. So predominantly white institutions and we couldn't go there we were not admitted so we started making historically black colleges so that African Americans and people of the African diaspora would have the opportunity to go to college and to get their education so my school Selman um, is actually ranked number one so it's number one 
HBCU in the country. Um, it is an all women's school and it is in Atlanta, Georgia, in Atlanta, um, where my school is a part of um, or a member of the AUC, which is called the Atlanta University Center. So it's housed with two other schools, Morehouse College, which is also an HBCU, and they are an all male college. And then we have Clark University, where they are co-ed, and then also Morris Brown College. So there's, excuse me, I said three. There's four colleges within the AUC. Two of them are single gendered, and then the other two are co-ed. So the great thing about that is that we're able to cross-register. So while at school, I was able to take classes at Morehouse. I have some friends that went to Spelman and took classes at Morehouse, Clark, and Morris Brown. So within having those colleges in such a close-knit proximity, it just gave you the advantage of being able to draw from all of them. Other than that, how do you think that experience contributes to you as a person and you as a teacher? Oh, absolutely. So um, as I said, I'm from New Jersey. Um, my city, town was one of the first to desegregate schools. So I come from a very diverse background. Um, I went to elementary school, middle school, high school with people of every background, African-American, Asian, Hispanic, white, whatever you name it, we had it. And I just really wanted a time to connect with my people. So I have a lot of family that went to Spelman not my mom, but I have a lot of cousins. So um, when you have, when you go to an HBCU most of the times and you have family members that go there. So just the experience that I had at Spelman, it's rooted in so much tradition. Um, we have a white dress ceremony. We have a ceremony where we get um, a Morehouse brother. Um, we have a ceremony during graduation when we're able to walk under the arch. And it just really prepared me for the world. Um, our mantra is a choice to change the world. So I would definitely say without Spelman, I definitely would not be the woman that I am today, the educator that I am today. It just made me so outspoken and assertive and just able to be a go-getter and go out to achieve anything that I set my mind to. Thinking about the abuse and oppression against Black people now and the backlash of the Black Lives Matter movement, which was sparked by the murder of Trayvon Martin. Do you think celebrating Black History Month has gained more importance? Or how do you see it in the light of all of these? I, I see it a couple ways. Um, I definitely think with all of the mass murder and police brutality that is going on within our community is definitely tearing us down day by day because it continues to happen. But I do not think that Black the Black Lives Matter movement has an effect on Black History Month. Like I said, Black History Month has been around since the early 1900s and people of African descent diffuse Black history year, year round. So I don't think that it necessarily correlates and has a direct effect on it. It just gives us even more momentum to want to expose others to our culture expose our children and our students to all the greatness that comes with Black history. So, you know, show us what else we have to offer. I do think that 
it is very important, everything that's going on and the protesting that we are and the advocating that we're doing for ourselves. But I don't necessarily think that the Black Lives Matter movement has a direct correlation to how we celebrate Black History Month, if that makes sense. Well, I might be or other people might be putting too much weight on Black History Month in terms of politics. But I can see from your point of view, Black History Month is more festive. It's more about cultural exchange than current politics. Is that right? I, I, I that, That's how I take it, so to speak. Um, like I said, Black History Month should be more than a month, quite frankly. So I, I wouldn't, I don't see how it necessarily like correlates with politics. I think that would probably be people opposing it, probably looking at it that way. Actually, there was um, an article that just came out where a school in Utah uh, their pa- a group of parents wanted their children to opt out of Black History Month because they didn't want them, you know, to be celebrating and learning all the greatness that we have to offer. So in that respect, I, I could see that being like a political agenda type of situation, but I, I don't view it that way. Oh, that's that's really unfortunate. I'm imagining a black kid in Utah and parents are organizing to ignore his culture, saying we cannot celebrate it. That's terrible. Thank you, Kalia, for making the time for my podcast. Yeah, I was going to say thank you so much for having me. Um, I appreciate the time that we discussed. And I, I actually had a question for you. What got you intrigued and wanting to learn more about Black History Month and how we celebrate it? Well, I'm generally interested in race, gender, class, and I also wanted to see how Americans um, discuss Black History Month in schools, especially elementary school teachers. I wanted to know if it's in the curriculum or teachers take initiative to celebrate it. That's why. I got you. I definitely understand. Well, this I was actually telling my mom that we were having this um, conversation and she was like wow you know that's amazing that just you know someone over in turkey wants to know more about it so i was very happy that we were able to have this conversation so guys follow miss murray's corner on instagram check out her website miss murray's corner and see her recommended books i will put them in the description thank you for today bye